0: Here at Soul Infusion, our goal is finding a path of awareness through personal empowerment and healing to grow as individuals and as a collective through conscious existence. By discussing different healing modalities, energy work, and all things metaphysical, we strive to increase your individual consciousness and well-being to positively affect the collective consciousness. We invite you to join us on our journey of honest self-discovery and truth, So raise your frequency and let the good vibes flow. This is Soul Infusion. The following podcast series is designed to educate, entertain, and inform, not to provide medical advice.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Soul Infusion. I'm Tracy. And I'm Jen. Today on Soul Infusion, we're talking about biofield tuning, which is a sound therapy using tuning forks to resolve any physical, mental, and emotional dissonance within the body's electrical system. Here to educate us on this vibrational topic from the suburbs of Nashville, Tennessee, is Robin Barnes. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Robin, and how you got into the biofield tuning, and how do you describe this modality to people who've never heard of it?
2: Wow, that's, that's a great question. First, I'd like to say thank you for having me here. I'm really excited to be here. And um, yeah, let's just jump right in. So how do I explain biofield tuning to people who have never heard of it before? Well, it's a sound therapy method protocol that uh, finds stuckness, uh, energetic stuckness in In the energy field of the body, we really work mostly off of the body. Actually, Um, we do work some on the body, but our work is done out in the field. And we find energetic stuckness related to anxiety, pain, depression, trauma. The energy field is like the hard drive of your life. Everything that's ever happened to you is recorded out in the energetic field in the timeline where it was laid down.
0: Robin, can you give us a brief summary of like the history of biofield tuning? How it came, how it came to be?
2: Yeah, so this is Eileen McCusick's work. Uh, Eileen McCusick is based out of Burlington, Vermont, and she uh, started finding this work about a li- little more than twenty years ago, I believe. At this point, she's been doing it a long time, and she was a massage therapist, and she was working as a massage therapist, but incorporating some tuning forks into her work, again, mostly using the forks on the body at the time. There was no knowledge of anything out here in the biofield, in the energy field of the body. So she was working on the body and she happened to hear a sound outside and went to the window to look and see what it was. And she had a tuning fork in her hand and she struck the tuning fork on her way back to the body and heard this sound Like, oh my gosh, what was that? And that was what initiated her search into what was happening off of the body out in the biofield.
1: I want to go back to what you had said about the fact that there's a lot of stuckness and energy around the body and that it really affects us energetically within. And you know, as an energy worker, Tracy and I both know, it's like there are so many things that go on outside of our bodies that do directly affect us internally. And so I think it's really important that people understand that a lot of the healing can come from adjusting those frequencies. And I know that that's what you do. You know, I have been very positively affected by sound healing for things as immediate as pain. I had a broken bone and I had someone come to the house and it really affected, you know, positively my, my pain threshold that day and, and, you know, and really for days afterwards, it's amazing. Like it's, it's truly amazing how that changing frequency on the outside of your body can help internally with physical problems, you know. So when you do your tuning forks and you're doing that therapy, um, are there certain tuning forks that are certain sound frequencies that you use for different things? Um, And, you know, do you kind of have to manipulate that or decide that before you treat somebody? How do you use the forks?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So when Eileen first started, she was using Different forks for different chakra centers, uh, different parts of the body. And um, she had, you know, good grief, probably a hundred different forks, maybe that she was using. I don't remember the exact number. But then she began to distill it down to just kind of a basic set, which is what we work with uh, as uh, instructors. And that's what we teach our students. And we're really working with. Um, A few Schumann resonance forks so we're working with a a uh, 54.81 and then the other Schumann resonance fork is a 62.64 and these were all designed by Eileen specifically and then we also work with. uh, Some other forks, we have a 174 and that's our workhorse so the Schumann resonance forks are weighted forks. I've got an example of one right here. So this is a weighted fork that we work with. Uh, So we work with some Solfeggios. This is the 174. It's an unweighted fork. And this is really the workhorse. Sorry about that glare off the sun coming in the window. And that is the fork that we use mainly out in the field. And it just gives us the broadest range of harmonics and resonance that we can hear out in the field.
0: So with those different types of forks, do you use different forks for different parts of the body, or is it just kind of like the energy determines the fork?
2: Yeah. So we start about five to six feet off of the body. So our biofield, our core energy channel is toroidal in shape. So we draw up from the earth, uh, the beautiful negatively charged feminine energy that runs through us. And spreads kind of spouts out like a big whale spout and comes uh, cascading back down all around the body connecting with the earth star again which is below the feet and, and it's a continual flow and then there's also the energy we draw down from the sun which is the positively charged energy we draw down masculine energy circulates down through the central energy channel and out like an upside down whale spout and comes back up so it's continually in flow so when we talk about our energy field, we we have this sort of delineated outer boundary or membrane, because we see our bodies as being electrical. We're made up of negative and positively charged energy, just like everything around us, the plant behind me, the, the picture, the table, everything is made up of of energy. And so so are we. We're made up of negative and positively charged energy. So when we're working out in the field, We're not we're we're looking for stuck energy. It's not that I'm saying, okay, this energy is this. So I'm going to use a different fork. The only time or when we switch out in the field is when I connect with energy that maybe doesn't want to move with the 174 and I'm a little stuck out there. So I can grab a different fork to try to break that energy stuckness or pattern up. So in a nutshell, as energetic beings, whenever a living organism is in stress, we emit a stress frequency. And that stress frequency is called a photon or a biophoton. It's measurable by science. You've got some beautiful plants behind you, Tracy, and they can measure stress coming off of a plant. Scientifically, it's been measured. Well, we also emit a stress frequency when we are stressed and it's called a phonon or a photon. And those biophotons or phonons get carried away from the body on a wave of emotion. The life of an emotion is that it rises and it crests and it resolves. But if it rises and it crests and it's not allowed to resolve, then it, those biophotons are stuck out there. They're charged and they're stuck out in the field. And how do they get stuck out there when somebody says stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about? Or big boys don't cry or stop being so full of yourself as if you're supposed to be full of somebody else. You know, all these things that we hear as children that we don't understand, you know, we just think, oh my gosh, I got to stop crying, or "I," It's not safe to cry or it's not safe to get angry or all of these things. So these biophotons get stuck out in the field. they're just kind of stuck in a chaotic mode and so when the tuning fork connects with that chaotic energy the tuning fork emits a constant coherent vibration so the chaotic energy which wants to be in flow right all energy wants to be in flow like a river it flows so when the tuning fork which is coherent connects with the incoherent vibration out there, the tuning fork goes, Wah, you know, what is that? Or it it first acts like a microphone. So it's making the same sound as whatever that energy is, whatever that stuck charge is. So I can hear: is it an angry energy? Is it sad? Is it frustrated? Is it in fear? I can hear that out there. And so the energy that's stuck here's the coherent vibration of the tuning fork and it goes that's what i'm supposed to be like i want to be like that coherent energy and energy can morph into anything it wants right so it says i'm going to transmute i'm going to alchemize and i'm going to become the same vibration as the tuning fork and then because like attracts like the tuning fork then acts like a magnet and we are literally Carrying that stuck energy that's come from where? Your central core. Carrying that energy back to the central core and reintegrating it right into your own inner light. It's your light that's been expressed out. Wow. I love the way you're describing it because, you know, I just went to a sound therapy class yesterday
1: and they used bowls and tuning forks and all of this. And uh, it was a group thing. So, you know, they weren't focusing on each individual, but it was just like, it was a bath, a sound bath. And I love the way that you explain how, you know, whatever loss frequencies there are out there and they weren't doing individual work on us, but I just kind of felt more cohesive and more sort of together when I left. And I really didn't have any major things that I was dealing with, but, you know, stress of getting there and stress of just, rushing to be on time and worrying about the other person who's supposed to be there. You know, just the sound is so healing. Now, is it the sound when you have your tuning forks that you use, do you have to place them anywhere around the body or is it really just like the sound bath, if you will, that kind of does it, you know, just the sound itself? Or is there like a process that you use?
2: Yeah. So we work with the 174. I'm going to just kind of keep coming back because... I'm trying to also incorporate the different forks that we use. So the 174 is what we call our workhorse. And if we get stuck out in the field, then I will switch to maybe a weighted fork. But when we work, we open up the central channel and then I actually use a pendulum. Believe it or not, it's called a a neutral acrylic pendulum. So, you know, most people know about um, crystal pendulums or rock pendulums. But this little neutral acrylic pendulum is just really beautiful to use out in the field. It doesn't take on any energy. And so the pendulum then tells me where I'm going to work in the field. So I start at the feet. We have an opening sequence. And then I start at the feet and I run the pendulum on the different energy centers, um, the main chakra system, but also energy centers at the knees and at the feet. So I start at the feet. And if the pendulum shows me a line, then the line is where I know that energy center is asking for work. So we always work with the lowest energy center that presents. So if I get a line at the at the feet and a line at the knees, and then I get a line at the solar plexus and maybe a line at the throat, then those are the energy centers that are saying you know, I could use a little help. And so we start, we work with the feet. So let's say, for instance, I got the left foot, then I would start about five to six feet off of the left foot. That is the outer edge of the biofield is what we call birth and gestation. So I would start about five to six feet away. And then I work my way in just with the tuning fork, listening to what I'm hearing, finding any stuck pieces, and then transmuting, alchemizing those pieces, and bringing them back to that energy center at the left foot. A session generally lasts about an hour. So we do an opening sequence, and then I'm out in the field working, and then we do a closing sequence. So a session is about an hour. I use my pendulum
0: when I do Reiki to check the chakra.
2: So I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah, we both do. So yeah. we're like, we know
1: what you mean. That's definitely what we do before and after. Like I use it before and after to yeah. kind of like, cause I will feel it and then I'll test it once. Cause yeah. I just, you know, I still, not that I don't trust the way I feel, but you know, I just, yeah. and then of course I'm doing it afterwards to make sure that what I worked
0: on is clear, you know? Yeah. So that's great. So when you're working with the bio field, is that, considered the same thing as the aura like can you see the aura change or, or, or are they one and the same when you say biofield and
2: yeah I kind of think that they're one and the same I don't see colors I, I, I would um, I would give anything <laughs> to be able to see the aura field around somebody I just think that's amazing it's not a gift that I have but I do feel it so I feel what's going on out in the field uh, but it's not the same thing. I think the aura and the biofield are the same thing. I, it's our energy field around the body. I don't see it in in color. Yeah, but it, it, you know, if you could teach me how to do that, I'm I'm on board. <laughs>
1: You kind of mentioned how the chakra system is definitely a part of your your routine. So you do use the chakra system pretty much with every client or do people come in and say, I have this issue and you know, you focus on that.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So, and people do come in and say, oh gosh, my, you know, my right knee is killing me. Um, Can you work on my knee or you know when my left shoulder is killing me can can you work on my shoulder. And really we follow the pendulum because the pendulum is going to give us root cause. So the left shoulder hurting or the right knee hurting could just be symptomatic so that's the pendulum was going to say well, the reason the left shoulder is hurting is because you're stuck you're holding that tension, but the left foot is all about being stuck and being mired and trying to get away from a stressor and you can't, Um, so unable to move forward because you're stuck in the past. So, and that could be the tension that's going on in the left shoulder. So we really don't work on anything specific. Now, that being said, I had somebody uh, last week who came in and, I was working on him. I forget what energy center I worked on. Um, But he, he, after he sat up at the end of the session, he said, wow, he said, you know, my right, my right knee is not hurting anymore. And I said, oh, I said, that's awesome. I'm no extra charge for that, you know. (laughs) So, and then he referred another person to me, another woman who also had some, uh, some knee issues. And uh, and she felt better, you know, within the next couple of days afterwards, she said, oh my gosh, I can bend my knee, you know, better and I can squat better. And, and then she referred somebody to me. So, uh, but I, you know, they come in and they say, oh, you did such a great job with knee. And I'm like, oh no, I, <laughs> I can't promise that, you know, I can't promise it's going to fix your knee. Sometimes it's just
1: taking the focus off of the pain. And focusing on the sound, you know, like focusing on that other, the sound, which I'm sure there's a lot going on behind the scenes, as you say, like it's different frequencies matching or, you know, displaced frequencies kind of going back to the, um, the toroidal, you know, flow that you're talking about. But I also, I think it's interesting that sometimes when we don't focus on pain so much, you know, we have something else sort of like taking our mind off of it. Well,
2: the field informs the body and the body informs the field so stuck energy that's out in a field is also stuck in the body so when we're using tuning forks out in the field it truly is the body hearing itself it's giving the body the opportunity to hear itself if it hears out in the field The body is an instrument and it wants to be in tune and when it hears itself out there it goes oh that that doesn't sound very good, how can I fix that. And it really does begin to auto tune itself our body is a symphony of sound, we are truly just a an instrument of sound and just like. guitar or a piano or any other instrument gets out of tune so do we so we also get out of tune and so we need a little help getting ourselves in tune and that's what the tuning forks do they they give us the opportunity for the body to hear itself and begin to auto correct self-correct i love that it's like teaching the body how to enhance its own self-healing you know (laughs) and that's sort of what the sound baths do as well right Mm -hmm. sound opens up space sound brings space to areas so if if there's tension in the body and it's tight and the sound gets in there and it begins to open that up the body goes oh my gosh i don't have to hold on to that tension anymore and so it releases and that that pain which is usually due to locked tension in the body also begins to release and then and then the body is more free.
0: I Love it. You mentioned, Robin, that a session is typically an hour long. Can you talk a little bit like what the client should expect? Walk us through a typical session.
2: Yeah. So a client will come in. I have an intake form. So I have a general idea of, of maybe what their intention is for the session or what's going on with them. And generally, they know something about the work. Eileen has done a great job getting herself out there and really explaining this work and making this work visible uh, all over the globe. So generally people have either heard her speak or they've heard from a client of mine and it's a referral. So they're usually not uh, completely oblivious to what to expect. But Every once in a while, I'll get somebody who doesn't know anything about the work. They've just heard, oh, you fixed so-and-so's knee. You know, <laughs> Can, I need to come in and see you. So they come in, they do their little intake form, and then they're on the table. So I have a massage table. And generally speaking, they're going to be on their back, just in their regular clothing, you know, that they came in with you know they they don't have to undress or anything like that it's just whatever their comfortable clothing is and i start working so we have an opening sequence where i uh, adjust the earth star and sun star so the earth star is what connects us to the earth the sun star is above the head and it connects us to the sun and i open that flow our central energy channel is always in flow if it wasn't we'd be 6 feet under so it's always flowing i just amp it up i activate it so that it gets the person ready for their session open and flowing. And I'm activating some different points on the body to also help that happen. And then I use the pendulum to figure out where I'm going to work. And then I start at the edge of the biofield, depending on where the pendulum has instructed me to work. And I could be out in the biofield, you know, 30 minutes, 35 minutes. Um, and it's really it's different for every person, because sometimes I spend a little more time opening up that central channel sometimes opening up the central channel goes a little faster and I can spend more time out in the field. But the tuning fork will find whatever is ready to be found that day for that client, so when we find stuck energy out in the field let's say there was some sort of uh, a trauma out in the field and maybe that trauma which is can be sort of like uh, a um an iceberg right so when you see an iceberg you're only seeing that maybe the tip of it that's above the water but then there's this whole iceberg underneath the water and so i kind of see the field as an iceberg or an archaeological dig you know, archeological dig, you kind of sweep away a little bit and you go, oh my gosh, you know, there's a little wall here, or there's a piece of a statue here. And that's the piece that wanted to be cleared today. You're not gonna find the entire statue sweeping away in one day, right? That's the only piece that was ready to be exposed and cleared that day. And so we clear that and there's, there's, uh, there's lightness Mostly people say, Oh my gosh, I feel so much lighter. I feel more connected. I feel more centered because you've brought that little piece back to the body. And maybe the next time we work on, could be the same spot, could be a different spot. Now that we cleared that spot, maybe this spot over here off of the throat says, Wow, he said, You cleared that. It's my turn this time. So I want to clear what's off of the left throat today and so it's sort of the whole Uh, biofield, it's it's all like an archeological dig to me. I'm always just getting a little deeper or a little deeper or finding more and finding more. And I love, if you remember the Charlie Brown characters, remember Pigpen had this cloud of dust all around him, right? And so that's sort of like how I see the biofield. It's this whole huge cloud of dust all around us. It's all these pieces of our life that are, that trauma or stress or anxiety that's stuck out here. And that's the filter through which we see our lives. That's the filter through which we see how we make decisions on anything. So, you know, sometimes people will think, well, I really like to do that. But then the little brain goes, oh, no, 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 no. Remember how that turned out over there? Mm, No, not not going to do that. Oh, okay. well, wow, that looks really good over there. And then the little brain goes. No, no, no. Remember how that piece over there turned out? Yep, no, we're not gonna do that either. So how we look at our lives is through the filter of all of these pieces out here. So as we begin to clear them up and bring those pieces back to the body, wow, we can see more clearly. We're not looking through rose-colored glasses anymore. We can see the truth. So the pieces that are out in the field are the truth of the energy as it was laid down at the time. It's not how we look back on it from our adult perspective, because our adult brain says, well, yeah, it wasn't so bad, but well, maybe it was bad, but you know what? I'm fine. I made it through. I'm okay. Everyone has their stuff. I mean, everyone has. Yeah, everybody has their stuff. So we, we rationalize it, but the truth is what's out in the field. And that's the truth. That's your truth. That's your emotional truth out in the field.
1: Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because, you know, we talk about trauma and what trauma is to people. I have a friend who, you know, had a lot of childhood trauma, really abuse and as a child and, you know, and I look at that and I think, well, my trauma can't be as important as that trauma because I just simply, and I'm using this, just being, you know, using it as an example, like my dad was not home a lot. So for me, I didn't have that fatherly figure in my life when i was young and you know while it's not trauma you know i don't i don't want to say i had a bad childhood i had a great childhood but it was like that really affected me for the rest of my life you know and so we talk to people all the time about their modality of healing and it's interesting because everyone has their own biofield that affects them in a certain way it's you know, where my friend who had that trauma, she's doing great. She's cleared that energy, you know, maybe because she's known she's had to work on that because it was pretty obvious that she needed to, you know, work on that. But for me, I question. like, I really, I don't have much going on compared to other people. So why would I think that I have to work through that? But I did. I mean, it was really obvious because I would repeat cycles and relationships and really just non-self-loving behavior that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just so interesting that you say that. It's, everyone has their own biofield that affects them in whatever way. So it's so funny when we talk about energy work cause we're the same, you know, and I love your iceberg. I love the iceberg cause I'm gonna use that iceberg, you know, to talk to people about, you know when do I come back to you for energy healing? I feel great, you know, and I'm like, well, you know I'm so glad that you feel great today. But, you know, we didn't do all the work and I'm not going to tell you when to come back. But for me, it's you will know when you just have to shed another layer of the iceberg, you know, because we could not. It's a cumulative process and you need tools. And I try to give them tools to sort of. At least get to, you know, square one or go, you know, and and it's as simple as going for a walk in the woods. These are my prescriptions, you know, or having a sound meditation that you do on a daily basis. as a healer, my next question, this goes into our next question. And I'm not, again, I never say I heal people. I say, I am teaching your body how to maintain healing itself by changing up energy. That's what Tracy and I both say. We're just, you know, working with energy to have your energy work itself, (laughs) you know? So, um, So I don't mean to use the term healer lightly or in that way, but can you share any scenarios as examples Um, and you kind of did with the person with the knee you know um, but is there anything that you can share with us as examples of things that people might come to you for um, besides just the physical Um, is it you know because I get a lot of people like I have I just don't know what it is but there's something more that I need to be done um, energetically I feel and some of these people have never done energy work They have been in the world of traditional medicine, which I'm not knocking that, but what kind of people do you work with? What kind of issues do you most see? Is it most energetic or mostly physical, or do you have any sort of examples or information on that?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I would say most people are coming to me because they feel stuck in their lives or they're depressed or they can't understand why they don't feel good emotionally, physically, they just can't get out of their own way. Some people come because it's physical and they don't want to do conventional medicine. And so a lot of times people come to me energetically. They've got emotional stuff going on and they can't get out of their own way and they don't know how to solve it. But some people come for physical reasons. They've got a problem. They don't want to go conventional medicine. So, people come for all kinds of reasons. Uh, again, I really don't focus on, uh, the physical so much as I do of what's going on emotionally, because whatever is going on emotionally is what's affecting the physical body.
1: Have you ever had a session where you encountered something that was very unusual, or an experience that you may have had during a session that was notable that you'd like to share?
2: Ah, sure. I mean, I'll tell a story on myself. So um, because sometimes those are the best. I had been doing this work for a while. And I was having trouble with my right knee. And I do hot yoga three times a week. And I, I work out and the right knee was just not getting any better. And I hadn't done anything to it. I hadn't fallen, I hadn't injured it. And it was just getting slowly over the course of about a year, just worse and worse to the point where I thought, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go to the orthopedic guy and you know see what's going on with my knee maybe i tore my meniscus and so i need to get it checked out so i went to the doctor it takes all day to go to the doctor you know i mean you're there forever so finally i get the mri on my knee and he comes back they shuffle me back into the little room and the doctor comes in and he hands me this piece of paper and he says well, we really couldn't find anything. So here's some exercises you can do. And I was like, Oh my God, I just used up my whole day here and a piece of paper with exercises, are you kidding me? So uh, I I went back home, but that gave me some peace of mind that there wasn't a physical injury there, which I kind of already knew. Um, So I called a fellow tuner, a fellow instructor at the time, and I said, Uh, Michelle, I said, I need a session. She said, what's going on? I said, I've got something going on with my right knee. And she said, okay. So we get out to, you know, I'm on the massage table and she's in California. So I'm here in Tennessee. She's in California and she's out in the field. We're on the phone together. And I hear her say, oh my God. I'm like, what, what, what's going on? She said, there's a lot of anger out here. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. You know, like, I, all right, good. Let's get rid of that. So she worked and worked. And then the next day I woke up and 90% of the pain was gone in my knee. And I was great for, I don't know, like three months, three months later, my knee starts hurting again. And I'm like, Oh God, here we go again. So, uh, so I call up Michelle. I said, Michelle, I, I I need a session. She said, what's going on? I said, well, it's that right knee. It's, it's killing me. So she gets in there and starts working. And she's out in the field and I hear her say, oh my gosh. And I'm like, what, what? There's a lot of anger out here. I'm like, ah, get rid of it. (laughs) Let's clear. I thought we cleared that out. So, and that's just really typical. But anyway, so she worked and worked. That was three years ago. And I have not had any pain with my knee since.
1: You were angry that you had
2: the anger. Uh, maybe. And that's a true thing, you know, anger, that you have the anger, and I'll come back to that in just a second. But that was like three, four years ago, and I've not had any pain in my knee since. I am not under the illusion, however, that I will never have pain in that knee again. Because emotion, when it gets cut off, especially anger, right? Emotion doesn't go away just because we can't express it or, or won't express it or don't express it. It just gets stuffed down into the body and it gets held in the body through muscle tension. Muscle tension becomes chronic because we're desperate to hold that emotion, that expression of that anger or that sadness or that fear or whatever it is, we cannot let it out. And so it gets trapped in the body through chronic muscle tension. And that's why we end up eventually with hip replacements or knee replacements, or we tear a rotator cuff, or there's tension here or tension there. It's because the body is desperately holding on to the muscle tension to keep that expression in. And anger is a big one because we're not taught how to express anger in a productive, healthy way. And when we see anger expressed the wrong way, maybe somebody in the household has an anger management problem or an alcoholic problem and they get angry when they drink. And so you just freeze up. And so we look at that as children and we say, I'm never going to be like that. I'm never going to lose control like that. And guess what happens? We lose access to our own anger. anger is a really important emotion it's as important as sadness as happiness as frustration it's it's as important as all of those except that we're never taught how to express it in a productive and healthy manner. So then we're angry because we don't have access to our anger. And our anger allows us to stand up for ourselves and say, you don't get to talk to me like that, or you don't get to treat me like that, or you don't get to come within 10 feet of me. And so when we don't have access to our anger, we can become victims. That's crazy. That's amazing. Like I I have
1: so many things that... I treat that I, people come to me for that. I try to help with energetic advice and I'm feeling what I think the issue is. And, you know, it's hard because I'm not a doctor. So I know people have tears in their muscle, you know, they all have a tear, but I mean, how fast is that tear healing? Um, is it, uh, you're being irritated by a certain emotional blockage like that. I can read And I have, you know, quite a few people who have like an autoimmune issue going on and problems related to bone stability due to that. And um, you know what I get from that, and this is totally separate. But what I'm getting from that is like a lot of these people are dealing with. I'm dealing with their solar plexus chakra and self worth, and that's what I'm getting. I'm getting that. Like, and I work with them on that. And I don't know if that's right. I'm not even asking you to justify that, or that's what I'm getting for these people. But because I know they're also on the prescriptions and they're getting all these surgeries to replace these joints. And I just, I'm trying to as an energetic practitioner help them through making those decisions with a little bit more knowledge i guess you know like do you mm-hmm. really need to take the bone out and replace it with a plastic joint i don't know i don't know if i can regenerate your bone but i can at least tell you how you can most speedily heal if you do have the process i don't know if that makes sense but i'm, I'm fascinated by what you're saying like fascinated
2: Yeah. Sure. well I- eileen says that all and this, these, this is her, um, and I'm not a doctor either. So, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, please know that none of us are doctors. We don't prescribe. We don't. Um, we don't have patients. We have clients. We don't. We don't treat. I'm a facilitator to help somebody with their own healing. That's what I am. Exactly. But Eileen says that. all autoimmune is is energetic imbalance in the body, and it's a blockage. If there's if there's too much here, then there's not enough someplace else. And so it leads to breakdown. If your energy is not flowing, that leads to a breakdown. And when you think about it, all of these pieces that are stuck out here in the field are our own light. So over the course of our lives, our trauma, situations, events, whatever they are, if we are indeed this beautiful central core of light, and every time something happens, a little piece of that splits off and gets carried away from the body. So then if you see us as a dimmer switch, right? Our little light when we come in is way up here. And then as things happen, that little dimmer switch goes down and down, A little more pieces of light flick off. It goes down and down and down and down until we get to be adults and our little dimmer switches all the way down to the bottom maybe. And we wonder why we're not motivated. We're not enthusiastic about life. We're not full of life. We're not full of light. Well, all our pieces are out in the field, not all of them, but, You know, our little pieces are out in the field. So we walk around indifferent, who cares? No, you know, it doesn't matter what I do. I can't even figure out what I want to do because all of my emotional truth is out here in the field. It's stuck out there, it's not here. So as we bring these pieces back, what's out in the field is your emotional truth, your sadness, your anger, your frustration, connected to the original events where it happened so as we bring those pieces back and reintegrate them into our central core this beautiful core beam of light that runs through us that little dimmer switch starts to go up and it goes up and it goes up and it goes up until we're like oh my gosh i feel lighter you feel lighter because you're not carrying around all these pieces out here like big water buckets hanging off your arms way out there That's heavy. And so when we start to bring those heavy water buckets with all those pieces out there, we start to bring them back to the center. Oh my gosh you start to feel stronger. You start to feel more connected. You start to feel more centered and lighter.
0: When um, us as uh, Jen and I, as Reiki practitioners, um, we clear ourselves after a session. And just hearing you talk about how um, anger or trauma or anything like that is coming off, do you have to clear yourself after a session? And if so, what do you do?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So I start my day by getting grounded getting centered, getting into what we call hollow bone, which is a native American concept of being in hollow bone and kind of putting your own stuff aside and being the vessel for healing energy to come in, being the facilitator. So all of my stuff is over here. I'm not thinking about my grocery list or what I have to do that day. I am in hollow bone, ready to be there for my client. So
1: I love that. I love that just saying the word
2: Mm. and so i i get into hollow bone and then i also protect myself so i put a a kind of a a protective light around me Uh, i call in my guides i call in my clients guides or guardian angels to come in i call in masters of healing Sound healing, Reiki healing because I'm also a Reiki master. So I I bring all that in and then I say a little prayer, you know, thank you for being here for me. Thank you for being here for my client. Thank you for helping me bring the highest level of healing and light available to this beautiful soul here on my table today in this moment. I now protect all of us from each other's energy. So nobody takes on anybody else's stuff. And that's really important. And then I, again, I thank them for being here. I let them know if there are any words of wisdom or any pieces of information that they'd like to deliver to this beautiful soul that I I humbly agree and am honored to be the messenger for that information. And I think the last thing I say is uh, in the name of love and light and all that I am, Namaste. And and then I start working. So I do. I ground myself and I get myself in that space. Um, and then after every client, I clear my room. I clear my space. I have a beautiful little angel fork that I use. Um, and it makes a lovely sound. I'll tell you. I'll was- It's just got this really pretty little sound. And so I will clear my room with this, but there are a lot of ways you can clear your room. You can use a drum, you can use your voice, you can use sage, you can use Palo Santo, you can shake a rattle. You know, there are a lot of ways to clear a room. I love the sound of that fork, so that's what I do. I tend to not use Palo Santo or sage when I know I'm having people come in because some people don't like that smell and you know, unless I can air the place out. So I use my little tuning fork.
0: I love that. It sounds like a little fairy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was hoping we would get to hear the tuning forks. I was going to ask.
2: Yeah, that's the that's just the that's not one I use in the field. Um, here's one I use um, in the field. And this is this is what we call our workhorse. It's the 174. So, this gives me the most harmonics. I can hear highs, I can hear lows, and I can hear mids. So, and depending on what I hear, um, will tell me, you know, what what's going on with that client out in the field. This is our 528, and we can use this out in the field. I, it also is used for specific purposes. And these tuning forks were designed by Eileen, so they're not your typical tuning forks that you would just go out on the internet and buy. They're made of a specific metal alloy makeup, so they're durable. We really put our forks uh, to use. We use them pretty hard, and so they're designed for the amount of work that that we're using. So they don't break easily. Um, They have great vibration, great tone. Um, And then we use some weighted forks. Again, this is one of the um, Schumann resonance, but you don't really hear a weighted fork.
0: Yeah, I can't hear it.
2: Yeah. So, uh, and they're they're made specifically for, uh, for our work. And you can get them uh, if you go to biofieldtuning.com. You can find them there online. That's amazing. So I know
1: you talked a little bit about your training and how you came to this um, practice and, and how you went through your process of learning and, and teaching. Do you teach? I do. I'm one of okay. i mean's instructors. Yep. Okay, so tell us a little bit about if someone would want to learn more about learning how to do this, they're appreciating that modality, what would be the way that they would learn more about this and maybe even, you know, train with somebody to learn how to do it as a healing modality?
2: Yeah, so all of our classes are taught through the Biofield Tuning Institute So I don't teach on my own. I teach for Eileen McCusick, and there are about 10 of us instructors, and we teach students all over the world. Before the big C, COVID, uh, we would teach all across the country and all over the world. And then when when that happened, uh, we had to pull everything online. So now we teach online, and there are two levels. There's a foundations level, and there's a practitioner level class. And we all teach both levels. and you can sign up through the Biofield Tuning uh, website, and the, we have different uh, iterations of the class. It's all the same content, but there are some classes that we call accelerated, and they take place over, usually it will be two weekends, sometimes consecutive weekends, sometimes um, non-consecutive weekends. And then we also have a standard class that will take place over the course of six weeks. So it depends on what works best for, for the person signing up. So if you don't have two weekends that you can devote, then you can do the, uh, the six week class. And usually there are uh, 12 students per class. So, and you can sign up there. Uh, and we have awesome instructors, um, great group of people who teach this work and are really devoted to
0: it. And we all love what we do. You mentioned that you do Reiki also. Um, So tell us about what other healing modalities you offer, Robin.
2: Yeah, so I started with bioacoustics. It's the modality that was developed by Sherry Edwards. She's out of Albany, Ohio. And that sort of started my sound journey. I mean, I've been a professional singer, so it wasn't like sound was totally out in left field for me. So I started with her work, and that's about taking a vocal print of the voice running it through different proprietary software, figuring out what's off in the body frequency wise, and then delivering specific frequency to the body in order to bring it back to optimal form and function. And that was really where I learned about the body being a symphony of sound and that all of our organs, everything in the body, amino acids, blood, organs, vitamins, everything in the body is a specific frequency. So that's how I really learned about Uh, the body and sound and then I think I became a Reiki master after that and it was really Reiki that led me to tuning forks because all my Reiki peers were using tuning forks out in the field and I was like what do you mean you're using tuning forks oh my gosh I gotta go learn this and how do you know you know what you're doing I'm not going to just go buy a tuning fork and start waving it around somebody. My formal training is accounting, so I'm like that in-the-box person. i got to understand it. It's got to fit. So I went searching for information on, on tuning forks and how do I learn about that, and I found Eileen's work somehow via the Internet and watched every video she had and, uh, and read her book, and as soon as I read her, at that time, her only book, her first book, I, I, I knew that that was like my missing piece because i already knew about the emotional aspect and how it affected the body i knew that through my acting days in new york city and the type of acting that i studied so it was been a journey when i look back on it i mean i have the perspective of age at this point that i can look back and go oh my now i get why why i did that why i studied that kind of acting in New York City and how that led to this and how that led to that. I I can see all the stepping stones, but at the time you couldn't have said, oh well one day you're going to be a a biofield tuning practitioner and instructor, so you're going to need all these pieces. So I can look back now and see that, but you know at the time it's a journey. Life is a journey it's so important to
1: like to think about when you have those sort of intuitive hits that you need to go in a certain direction you don't have to understand the why you know just to follow it and that's crazy that's that's beautiful and it helps it helps other people maybe think about why they're doing something and you don't have to know why at the time you're really feeling it No, and
2: and trust what the universe is showing you you know i mean i went to new york city looking for an acting class I lived in Connecticut at the time and I I was looking for an acting class. And, you know, all of the acting classes I was interviewing at and looking at, well, we don't start until the fall. You know, you can join us in the fall. And I think it was the spring at that point. And I'm like, the fall? I like, I want to start now. And so I went to Lee Strasberg Theater Institute and they were like, yeah, we have rolling admissions. You can start tomorrow. I'm like, that's where I'm going. But it had nothing to do with me understanding what method acting was, which turned out to be all about the body and emotion and trapped emotion in the body. And it's like, oh my gosh, I look back on it now and I go, holy cow, the universe sent me there. I could not have
0: gone anywhere else. That's so amazing. I love that you're so well-rounded too. You have I know. Like a background, which is like my dad, um, well, he's retired now, but he was an accountant and then taught accounting. So I know how like that accounting. Brain, he does math for fun, and, yeah, I'm like, God. and then you have the acting side and the you know the healing modality side. I I love it how you're like so well-rounded and balanced. <laughs> so
2: it's it's it, it's all pulled together. It's all brought me to where I am today, and um and I love this work. This work has transformed me. It's changed me. It's brought me to the truth of who I am. And I wake up every day and I love what I do. I love getting up every day and saying, you know, what do I get to do today? And that doesn't mean I wake up every day with rainbows and unicorns coming out of my backside. It just means that I wake up every day and I go, oh my gosh, you know, what do I get to do? Or sometimes I wake up and I go, oh God, can I just go back to bed? But I'm good with it all and you know before this work if my days were like 90% bad and 10% good that has completely reversed my days are 90% good maybe 10% not so good
1: Too, you know, these kinds of modalities and this kind of work that we do, it makes you kind of look at when you have a 90% bad day before we got into all this energy work and and looking at things with a big picture perspective. It's like you can transmute so much easier. Like I can look at the 90% and think, okay, there's something in here. Like, you know, that I need to realize I need to do, or maybe I can change this to be positive and it's not going to be so negative and I'm predisposing it to be a negative situation. Let's work with this. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. It has me thinking about our past, you know, and how we get to where we are. Um, if someone wanted to find out about all of the wonderful services that you offer and get in touch with you, how would they do
2: so? So I have a website and it's um, our b soundhealing.com and that actually diverts you to biofield tuning tn for tennessee.com so if you you can go to either one of those places it's the same website and it's got all kinds of information there about me i do sound baths so those are mostly in the local community but uh, i do those as well so yeah sound it's lots of fun (laughs)
0: and you mentioned you do distance work too you take you have clients all over the world so I
2: do so the beautiful thing that Reiki taught me was distance healing so when I came to biofield tuning and we were talking about distance work and being able to do this remotely I was like well of course you can that you know obviously we can do energy work really anywhere. So it wasn't a hard transition for me. So I do. I have clients all over the world, all over the United States. And um, yeah, would love to connect with you if you're
0: looking for biofield tuning. Happy to have a, a chat and connect. Is there anything that we missed before we wrap it up that you want to talk about that we maybe didn't ask that you want our listeners to hear? Oh my, I feel like I said a ton. <laughs> well, you, well, I, I, yeah, there's no other questions that I can think. Oh, you know what? I do have another question. I'm um, sure. just thinking about like what I do in a Reiki session. So do you play music? Like, I mean, do you have music playing in the background or does that mess with the frequency of the um, tuning forks?
2: yeah so the room is quiet as a matter of fact i don't even run um essential oil because the sound of the motor of the essential oil interferes with my ability to hear the fork all i hear is the pitch of that motor so which is why i I love to do reiki sessions because then i can bring all of that in i can bring the music and the candles and the crystals and all of that and sometimes i do bring crystals and rocks into my biofield tuning session which i absolutely love and um, I often bring tuning forks into my Reiki sessions. So yeah, so I kind of mix and match a little bit. And I don't think you cannot do Reiki ever, right? So when I'm working on the body with tuning forks, I can't help but but bring that Reiki energy in. It just what,
0: floats sometimes. Like when I get a massage and someone's Reiki attuned, I can tell, I'm like, you do Reiki, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you can yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think you're oh. me. <laughs> Um. All right. So we will. I guess we'll wrap it up. So unless, um, is there anything else, Jen, that you will have or Robin that you wanna?
1: No. Um. Not at all. I just want to thank you, Robin, for, uh, for you know meeting with us today and talking with us. You've not only opened our ears and eyes to what you do and given us more perspective on different ways that that can be used in healing. Because I really even came into this interview knowing how it affects me and some of my personal experiences but i love your energy flow diagram that you drew for us and sort of having us understand the healing that you do in that way that was great but no we just want to thank you for coming today and sharing with us all that you do um yeah so
2: do you have anything final that you wanted to say robin thank you so much for having me it's been absolutely delightful speaking with both of you and had a great time
1: We're so happy that you're here. So for our listeners, if you're new to the show and like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends about us and follow us on social media. We are at Infusion underscore podcast on Instagram, at Infusion podcast, all one word on Facebook, and at soul underscore infusion underscore podcast
0: on TikTok. Join us again in two weeks so we can infuse your soul with more mind, body, and soul goodness. Ah!
2: Bye, everyone.